Welcome to the Monday Morning Tearscast, the first, best, and only podcast about the goings-on of the Monday Morning Tears Fantasy Football League. Once again, I am your host, Vice President Kamara Manager Daniel Kite, here to recap an eventful Week 7 and look ahead to Week 8. Uh, and I'm I'm real excited with our guests this week. Uh, they're they're they haven't been on the podcast yet, and uh, you know I think they may be coming in hotter than anyone else has uh, on the pod so far. But before I introduce our guest, uh, let's just quickly recap the matchups of the week. We had Fields of Wet Dreams moving up to four and three in the over the 500 column, knocking off Obi John Kenobi, a real family rivalry there. We had Danny knocking off John. 112 to 94. We had Bag of Mixon squeaking out a win against the Chief Chasers, 87 to 75. Uh, that's uh, Kimber really looked into that one. That was a cheap win for him, but he he desperately needed that after a couple of reeling weeks there. Uh, we have Nick, who's found winning ways again. D Hop Sai might have to turn into a D Hop grin soon. Uh, who's now beaten off? <laughs> beaten off. That's a bad one. Uh, <laughs> Nick knocked off Tony's team, 110-99. to We had the second-worst drafted team continuing their role, knocking off the Terrasses, uh, Anal Beer and Kittles, 121-109. to We had Show Me the Mooney squeaking out of win against Sony side up, 115-114. to It was looking close there. I was really hoping for a DK ejection to get our first-ever tie in the league, I think, but it uh, was not meant to be. And then our biggest victory of the week, by the widest margin, we had myself knocking off the lowly spitting llamas. It, it feels almost uh, irrelevant to mention Mikey's team at this point. But uh, he put up a bigger fight than I had expected. But the score still ended up being a bit lopsided. 130 to 97. Uh, and with all that in mind, uh, speaking, speaking of lowly, we have on our podcast today someone uh, who is, I think, reeling after uh, a bunch of consecutive losses here, some underperformances for some players, and someone who has really shaken up their roster over the past couple days. Uh, on the podcast this week, we have T- Chief Chasers Manager. We've got uh, Chris on the line. Chris, Chris, how are we doing? Well, I don't know where to start, man, and I don't know how much time you have, so we'll just roll with it. Chris, we we have all the time that you need, man. This is this is therapy for you right now, because I, I, I don't know how many people in your life you have to talk about your fantasy football travails, so, like, just feel free to unload, man. Like, this was a rough week for you. Get into it. Like, tell take us through, like, you know, Sunday to Monday to all those trades happening. What, what's going on, man? Tell Tell us about it. Yeah, it was it was a roller coaster of emotions. I feel like that's uh, all this year has been just uh, just big letdowns week after week. And I think this was the uh, the kind of nail in the coffin for my season. And I'll kind of explain that why I feel that way going forward. But yeah, I was. I mean, I don't know how many times there's been twenty five plus point favorites in the league but i was going in with a you know 26 point favorite and if anyone needs a spokesperson for projections mean you know nothing at all then uh, i'll be your guy yeah like see it it was really baffling because i i was right there with the projections like i didn't see this being a particularly close matchup but then i mean it was all basically riding on kansas city 
really doing damage against Tennessee. And then, like, I, I don't know what happened. Like, I watched bits and pieces of that game. But, like, I'm, I'm sure you watched bits and pieces of it, if not the whole thing. Like, well, how tell take us through your, your thinking as you were watching Patrick Mahomes just throw the ball away and that defense not being able to stop anyone. Like, God, that must have been uh, a real shitty, uh, shitty day to, to, to have you go in there. Yeah, so I, I didn't actually watch many of the games until Sunday night. Uh, just uh, wasn't available until until then. But was was following things as as it was going, and I, I I knew it was going bad because of the score in that game. And then they'll pull it up, and uh, you know, got Mahomes pulling off a, a single digit there. I mean, I just needed like, his worst performance. I like, give me a nineteen point performance, and uh, you know, I can I can come away with the the victory there, and. Sadly, that's kind of what my season has been about is guys not coming through and just bad timing uh, with the way they're scoring every week. So there's not much I can do. And so I was kind of essentially fed up after after the loss. And I'm just like, I got to you know do something. So which kind of led me into Sunday evening. And I'm just like, you know, screw it. Let's fire out a whole bunch of trades. So I went and I fired out nine trades, trade offers out there, just I to see, it. just to you know, just to see what you know what people were feeling, you know, suggest that I want to shake things up, and I got like no responses back from from anybody. I mean, you kind of reached out the the next day uh, after I you know threw that one out there, um, but other than that, I, I essentially got one counter offer and i was like fuck it you know what steve you you win the sweepstakes you you countered and i appreciated that and just you know he's like take my players early bird gets the word i was a little upset like that's i i actually i was really hoping we could make something work there i'm gonna get on terrace's ass for this because i think we had a really spicy three-way that i think would have really benefited all of us uh, and to see him really quickly rejected, I was quite disappointed by that, if I'm being honest. Uh, that because I think that would have been the best trade possible. But like, tell tell me about like your return there. So like, what what made you want to accept like Swift and and then that, those stables of kind of like high upside running backs that like backup running backs there. Like, what what uh, what did you see in that package that you thought was worthy of giving up uh, Kelsey and then some of the other running backs too? Yeah. So I I honestly didn't didn't think for a second after I saw that trade, like this is a good trade. I, I should, should totally you know, accept it. I was just like, uh, like, like I was saying, Steve actually took the time to counter. He's been active all year. I think it makes the league better when there's trades. And um, I think there's a lot of bad trade or pre-trade etiquette going on in the league from a bunch of guys. And you know, I just kind of rewarded Steve for, for going ahead uh, for it. So, um, again, like you said, you kind of won the sweepstakes. Okay, I, I like that. Kind of like a, a bit of like a, a Jesus take the wheel approach. Give give a guy a good, uh, a good shot there. I feel like this would have been a moment where like trading draft picks probably would have been something I bet you would have been looking into. Uh, which is something that again I'm gonna I'm gonna stand for for our league next year. I I don't see a good reason why, especially now that we got keepers, we shouldn't be trading draft picks. Uh, because I have to imagine you would have been very interested in trying to get some like first round picks and stuff for Kelsey and some of those other guys. Yeah, that uh, that definitely does add a different dynamic to it. But we can also look at the 
from the keeper's perspective that uh, if you, you get a nice low pick who's who's doing well, then that could almost count as a draft pick. Uh, you know, Swift's been kind of on fire all, all year, and he was a third round pick, so I, that wouldn't be the worst thing to if he keeps this up to kind of go go at him with this with the second round. So creeped into my mind a little bit but again it was just it was just you know he took the time to to counter and uh, again i i appreciated that and i think uh more of that needs to happen and i kind of want to talk much a little bit on the trade etiquette side of things or the pre-trade etiquette and guys you know just rejecting stuff kind of uh immediately and not even you know saying why they rejected it or just uh um kind of moving on it's uh it's uh, uh you know didn't really like that so uh steve got uh got the goods so that that's that's a lesson for all of us out there folks we need to be communicating with each other you know we got to right. keep our lines of communication open we got to be uh you know fair in our evaluations we got to be we got to be doing this folks because I, I i'm right there with you i agree i i uh, i love it when trades are active i love when we're moving around uh, I've only made one trade this year, but I think there's a lot of folks in the league that know. I don't think there's a single person I haven't offered trades to this year uh, and, and tried to make things work. And I, I, I do find that kind of outright rejection, like where it's just like the decline there. It is it is a bit frustrating. I, I hear that 100%. So I can understand, uh, you know, wanting to push that forward. I hear you loud and clear. I mean, most most first offers aren't are just something to kind of get the ball rolling anyway. I, you know, you don't really assume that people are gonna uh, just accept it uh, right off the bat because you're you're trying to get a good deal out of it. But just say if you're gonna reject it, and I, I'm not moving this player, or I don't like the player that you're offering me, that that sort of thing. I mean, we've we've had some good conversations, and earlier this year we hadn't we just hadn't reached a deal because. Essentially, I was just trying to move one of my tight ends and didn't really want a tight end back, which is kind of another reason that Steve uh, got that deal. That we got that deal in the books because um, I was just trying to move one of my tight ends. So um, that open line of communication is good. And I don't know, have you ever had uh, a live negotiation for a trade on the podcast? Uh, not yet. No. Are you are you trying to start one? Are you are you trying to set a precedent? I I would be open to it. I okay, think, let's do it. I, I what do you, you want to? Who are you looking for on my side? Well, I I, I just kind of want to get rid of Tyreek. I mean, he's a uh, he's kind of frustrating me right now. And the whole Kansas City vibe has got a bad taste uh, in my mouth, and uh, I kind of want to move him. So uh, I know we were looking at Ridley in the past. Uh, what would you say would be fair for Tyreek? And if Ridley was in there as well, so I I'm I'm very open to this. My my big problem is I know I'm going to hear it immediately if I do accept this. I've been very open about not wanting wife beater or woman beater karma on my team, mm. and and Tyreek Hill has that, uh, which makes me nervous. But then I if I'm being if I'm being honest with myself. Uh, you know, the NFL is a league full of shills that protects, you know, abusers and everything. And I'm sure everyone has crappy things in their past. So, you know, Hill is probably the one that we just know about compared to probably a bunch of folks that probably aren't doing very good things. Right. Um, so there, that, there is that aspect to me. I like if Ridley is starting the conversation, uh, I'm trying to think of what t- might make up the difference there. Like, are you thinking running back or are you thinking wide receiver? 
I think uh, running back is more or less, or should I say second string running backs are the theme of my team now. So I don't know if you could throw like Pollard in there, for example, like I could probably work with that. Right. Yeah. Cause I was going to say, I was, I was worried you were going to throw Harris out there and I thought that might be a little bit rich for my blood to try and give up Harris there. Yeah. Um, honestly, Pollard sounds fair to me. Um, as I hear that trade, like uh, Ridley and Pollard for Tyreek Hill, that that strikes me as as fair in my mind. I, I may want to crunch a little bit of numbers there, uh, just to kind of give it some sober second thoughts. But uh, as a framework, I like it. How does that feel for you? Yeah, I I think I'm okay with it. I think the uh, with the rest of my team going, you know, if, if one of those guys turns out to be. Uh, starting running back on a team that uh, that's kind of what I'm hoping for. And maybe I catch lightning in a bottle and, you know, for some reason go on a little bit of a run, but I don't really see that more or less happening that I think I'd be open to, to doing that. Do you want to, do you want to send me, I can send you, or should we give time for guys to hear the podcast and maybe insert their opinion into things? I, I do kind of like the idea of us potentially completing this trade before the podcast comes out and then letting people kind of hear how the sausage got made a little bit. Mm. Uh, but I'll, I'll leave that open for you. Like, you know, do you want to open that line of communication up? Like, do you want to, uh, you know, air out Tyreek a little bit more? Yeah, because I thought it would be interesting just given the, the most recent trade that I did that maybe give guys a chance of that if they say, oh, I can I can put a better package together for Tyreek and don't trade him to, to Danny and we can go from there. Fair enough. OK, I'll I'll do you the favor then, because I mean, the, the, the selfish aspect of me would want to be like, no, this is my offer. I don't want you to get any better offers. But uh, you know what? In the interest of stirring the pot, I'll, I'll uh, you know, I'm, I'm OK with that. I'm OK with throwing that out there. So we'll we'll put it off for now. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to set a time limit or anything, but y- you know what? When you feel like uh, it's appropriate and when you feel like if there is no better offer out there, feel free to send me the offer and then we can uh, start finalizing things. Okay, sounds good to me. Beauty, man, I love it. First, first trade negotiation on the podcast. That's a I love setting firsts up. This is just a, a beautiful moment here. Uh, it almost feels irrelevant to talk about the rest of the week's action after something so momentous as that. But uh, <laughs> let's, let's let's take some time to do that. Why not? Let's let's take a drift down uh, memory lane and look at week seven here. So outside of your matchup, was there any uh, team's performance from any of the managers in our league here uh, that you want to spotlight or anything that intrigued you? Someone who's maybe on the rise, someone who's looking like they're falling off. Uh, what, what stood out to you looking at the week's matchups? Yeah, I think the matchup between Paul and Taras uh, was a good one. I, I just think I know Paul is rolling a little bit with his team, but um, I think that's the theme of his year, and, and I, I like his team, and I think he's making statements, and I think it can it is sustainable because of you know what he's put together, and I'm not going to say you're a little bit to blame for that, but I'm 100 percent to blame. You're, I don't you're know a little bit you're a little about. bit to blame for that for sure. <laughs> I'm a uh, I. 
I will still defend my logic. I I don't th- like at the time when I traded Robinson and Chase. Chase had played what three games and seemed like he was just unsustainably scoring touchdowns. And Robinson was still mired in a potential timeshare with uh, Urban Meyer as the coach. So I felt like I'm confident I can I can move on these guys and get a guy in Stephon Diggs who is. Probably still maybe a top five receiver in the league. And the uh, past four weeks have not borne that out and made me look silly. I, I made a really bad bet. Uh, so that, that hasn't <laughs> gone super well. And definitely to Paul's benefit, it's uh, it's looking dangerous. And I'm facing him this week, and I'm not looking forward to it, if I'm being honest. Yeah, that's probably one of my more intriguing matchups that are going to happen this uh, this week is, is you guys. And if Paul can keep it rolling and... Uh who won the trade yeah like my i frankly if i'm being honest i think paul out of uh respect should just sit chase and uh robinson this week i think it would be uncouth uh for him to do that and and frankly bad etiquette so i'm gonna just tell paul right now that he should sit them whether he will or not uh we'll see about that uh oh i might make that deal if i if i sit digs he can sit those two i might i'll I'll see if he'll make that deal with me i have a gut instinct he won't but i would love it if that was the case well what what uh, what happened to williams with uh the other guy in that trade uh fuck you know what fuck him i'm (laughs) like i'm i was so upset like i don't mind like, you know, you, you can't control whether you get COVID or not, so I'm not mad about that. You can't control whether you're fucking vaccinated. Like, get get fucking vaccinated so you can get on the fucking field and, uh, you know, actually do your shit. That's what pissed me <laughs> off. That was, I don't need that anti-vax energy on my team. That's why I was happy to dump him. I was like, no, you've clearly been passed by Khalil Herbert. Yep. Uh, the, it's just like, it was so frustrating. Yeah, yeah, I mean, not much you can kind of do about uh, that situation and whatever's going on with the Chicago Bears right now is just uh, a massive dumpster fire anyway, so. Shout out to Danny. Massive dumpster fire in Chicago. <laughs> yeah, and I'm, I'm technically a, a newly minted Bears fan myself since I dropped the Patriots uh, two years ago, so, or when, when Brady left, so uh, I'm kind of in that boat as well, too, but uh, Danny's obviously the, the diehard over there. Yeah, I, you, it's it's looking like uh, you know Patriots made the right choice. They got they got the right rookie quarterback and Mac Jones there. There's there's the winner there. Yep, he seems to be the the most ready and just uh, the best decision maker. It's it's been interesting watching him because he's like he strikes me as like having a ceiling of like a like a Trent Dilfer. Or like, uh, I'm trying to think of like other mediocre white quarterbacks that we've seen in the league. Like, I'm trying to. What are some other names that pop into your mind? Like, like you, oh, you don't even want to say Jay Cutler because Jay Cutler would have like moments of like actual talent. But I'm trying to think of like other average quarterbacks from like the past decade. Like, is there anyone that's coming to your brain? Like Joe Flacco, Joe, maybe. Joe Flacco. Yeah, Joe Flacco is what I was gonna say. Who's back in the news? Going back to the Jets, baby. It's Flacco season. <laughs> Yeah, he'll he'll provide a real spark to that team. That's what that team has been missing. I know mm-hmm. it's good to get, you know, a blue chip prospect second overall and have him start for your team, but I think what every struggling team really needs is a Joe Flacco. Yeah, yeah, you you need you need that guy to just to provide a, a stabilizing force throughout it. Just be that leader in the clubhouse and uh, really take control of everything. 
Yeah, really show the rest of the roster like what it means to be truly below average. <laughs> like let them really steer into it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It, and just it's all about the team. It's all about the team. Yeah, but he's just gonna he's gonna build the identity there as just being below <laughs> average. I like that. Shout out to Victor. Shout out to the Jets. I love it. Very yep, exciting. Yep. Uh, anyone else? Uh, maybe anyone that uh, underperformed that you noticed? I mean, maybe outside of yourself. Was there anyone? Like, for me, I was looking at Tony's team, and uh, Tony's team is getting a little dicey now with that Miles Sanders injury because all of a sudden, uh, Kareem Hunt is out injured. Miles Sanders is out injured. Uh, looks like Christian McCaffrey's still out for a little while longer. Uh, there's not really much anyone left over there. Like, what, what do you feel with Tony's team there? Like, he's still getting routinely 60 points a game from Stafford and Cup, which is ridiculous. Uh, but the rest of the roster is looking real dicey there. How are you feeling about Tony after he had a really hot start? Speaking, speaking of a guy who has bad trade etiquette, it would uh, definitely be Tony. He's got he's to do something on his team because his injuries are just kind of mounting up and he's just kind of sitting, standing by and not really doing doing a whole ton and it's going to come back to haunt him. He's, he's, he's got cup. That's a huge trade piece. I, I you know, if you think he's going to sustain that pace and, you know, be the greatest wide receiver ever in a fantasy year, then, you know, be my guest. But uh, I don't think that's going to happen. So you're, so I, I remember, I think I was talking about this with Kimbert last week. You're, you're against the, uh, the cup bandwagon. You're on team regression for him. Yeah, it's it's just not a sustainable pace. I do think he's going to be good for the rest of the year, but this is just un unsustainable. I I had a feeling that he would be pretty good with Stafford and kind of like a, a new quarterback that that could actually get him the ball consistently. But uh, yeah, to, to this pace is just uh, way too hard. Not nine touchdowns in seven games is pretty insane. Like most receivers have nine touchdowns in a year if they're lucky, and he's it's not even half a season in. So yes, yep. I'm I'm there with you. There's gotta be regression coming. Like you, you you have to think right. Like that's my well, I said that with Jamar Chase, and it still hasn't happened yet. Um, but uh, <laughs> I I hear you. I'm I'm there too. But you're right. That's probably the biggest trade ship that he has there. And if he can downgrade a little bit, get another, you know, RB two to fill in there and hope that Daryl Williams is around, uh, it could be prudent. Uh, but also it's like, if he gets, if he moves on from that, like that's, that's his bread and butter right now. That's really tough until C-Mac comes back. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's got, he's got some pieces and uh, I think some of the guys that are higher in the standings go after a a Kareem Hunt type of thing and, uh, you know, get him some help until then. So if he can um, just find a way to scrape into the playoffs and then kind of go from there. Yeah. And and then one final point, I want to circle back to Steve a little bit, just because uh, you mentioned the trade etiquette. Uh, I feel like, I don't know if it's coming through and and if he's feeling like I'm salty. Like I, I I haven't been intentionally trying to like put Steve down and like talk shit about his team. You know, it's been banter, so I I feel bad. So some of the stuff I saw this morning in the group chat, I was worried that uh, Steve's maybe feeling a little bit, uh, you know, uh, but not butthurt is the wrong word. Like little hurt feelings that I'm like trying to talk down his team. Steve, I love you, buddy. I think you had a great week, and I think uh, you know you were one random freak DK Metcalf touchdown away from from winning another week with a strong showing. So 
again, guy with probably one of the best, probably the best trade etiquette in the league. Steve, I want to shout you out. I want to give you some big, some big ups here. We've been giving you a lot of love here, and I want to add in on that. So that's not just Chris, because uh, we got we got much love for you on this podcast. Yeah, I think he'll be feeling a little bit better after the trade, after this podcast, and uh, he'll be ready to roll. Agreed. Uh, before we move on to think about waiver wires, were there any, I mean, I know you said you didn't pay attention too much to the games this week or get a chance to watch them. Were there any like big player performances that you, you know, caught your eye? Anyone that kind of went off or anyone that, uh, slumped anything, you know, at an individual level rather than at a team level that, uh, stood out to you? Um, yeah, it was nice to see AJ Brown get, uh, get back on the score sheet and kind of put up a, a big week, big week. I know he's, uh, been struggling all year cause Tannehill's not doing much cause all he has to do is give the ball to King Henry. So that was nice to see. And, uh, yeah, that's probably the biggest one for me. Yeah, it is definitely, I was, I was a little bit, uh, not upset, but I had been trying. I tried a couple times to wrestle AJ Brown from Danny because I had hoped that uh, a big game like that might be coming, and that you know he was going to return to some of his, uh, you know, really good ways. Uh, and then he showed it there too. And I'll, I'll say on a personal note, I've been. I know you. The league here, I think, is a little bit too orthodox in hating the Patriots running backs. Uh, and I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna be here, and I'm going to uh, plead the case for Damian Harris once again. So Damian Harris has had two bad games this year, one against New Orleans and one against Tampa Bay. New Orleans has clearly shown to be a really, really strong running defense. And while Tampa Bay is giving up lots of points to running backs recently, it's only been to ones that are catching passes. Uh, And every other game except those two games, Damian Harris has either a touchdown or has rushed for 100 yards. That's five out of seven games. So I'm, I'm here... Uh, waving the flag for Damian Harris. I'm the reason I won't trade him is because I don't think the league values him the way that they should. Uh, you know, he's been clearly uh, the main rushing option out there. Uh, if they're running the ball, it's going to Harris. Now, obviously, you say, you know, oh, you, you, the running back value is is lots in and pass catching these days, uh, which is certainly a point and 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 well taken. But uh, if the Pats are, you know, in a positive game script which is happening surprisingly more than I would have thought. Uh, Harris is involved, and he's getting a lot. And even after some fumbles in that Houston game, uh, in that one random, that was a bull, I think I'm still angry about that, how that uh, fumble was called instead of a touchdown, because I think that cost me the week against you. Uh, I'm still upset. Uh, so I'm here beating the drum for Damian Harris. Put, I'm, we need to put some respect on that man's name, and I will, uh, I will fight for him with my life. No, you you uh, you still ended up beating me that week because. Oh, that's right. Sorry, I forgot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. My bad. Yeah. No, it's 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 a valid point, and that I the more that I think about it, the um, game plan isn't to have Jones drop back forty times and throw the ball up. They're they're you know they're doing all these you know dump offs to some guys that catch the ball, but you know Damian is going to get most of the work back there because frankly they don't have too much talent behind him and it's not like they have wide receivers that are going to win one-on-one every single time so it's it's a good point i think the schedule's uh you know a little bit in question we face buffalo buffalo a couple more times in a bye week so um you know maybe there's some opportunity to to trade him in the future if if guys come around to him and he keeps putting up uh points but then again if you want to just keep him and roll with him that's uh 
works too. Yeah, I, I agree. And this is again, this is the not so secret Damian Harris image rehabilitation uh, <laughs> segment of the podcast. So now that this has happened, I'm sure you all 100% agree with me. Uh, and now I will be ready to trade him. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's definitely something I'm looking out for as the week moves forward. So let's let's start moving into waiver wire stuff. So you know, as someone who's roster is in flux i imagine you're probably taking a close look at waivers this weekend uh thinking about who you might pick up and who you might get rid of uh looking at some of the options that are out there right now i know alan lazard is being picked up a lot but i think it was just announced that he was put on the covid list uh which is certainly a worrying thing uh yeah. now i have one question for you with that involved is it i know it's fall and i know that uh thanksgiving just happened but is it corn on the cob season? Is it time for Randall Cobb to have a renaissance here? What do you think? I do not think that that will happen. I might be bi- I, I might be, I might be biased because uh, Green Bay is playing the Cardinals this uh, this week, and I have their defense. So, who, who by the way, there's the sneakily the number one defense in the league. I would have to say. So, I mean, that was at least one good pickup that I made uh, this year, but. Yeah, my, my my money was on Lazard, but he's uh, he got COVID, and I think it's a wasteland after that, and people should be trading instead. Now, the thing is, though, that, like, Adams is on the list, too, and there's just no one really left, like, there's no one left to throw passes to out there, and Aaron Rodgers is probably going to have to throw the ball a bunch because that Arizona team is looking pretty good, so... I don't know. I'm I'm probably with you. I'm not going to throw like a huge amount of fab at Randall Cobb, but I do kind of like him as a spicy little kind of like just volume based. He's going to got to have to catch a whole bunch of passes in my mind. I think he could be sneaky value there for anyone who's maybe looking for a flex to to sneak into the week. But uh, I hear your concerns. I you know, it's it's hard to trust Randall Cobb at this stage in his career. Uh, and definitely you know, actually that you bring up an interesting point. Do when you are thinking about the defenses you're starting and the players you're picking, are you actively thinking about like when teams are going to face your team defense or like the defense that's going against your team, or are you just kind of thinking like let's go with the person who is the best matchup and the team that's the best matchup and then just trust it from there? Um, well, the way I'm looking at it right now is I kind of just take it in like three game segments. Is like who's this? defense gonna gonna face the next three games and because i don't want to be keep you know pick up defenses picking up and drop them every single week because then you might end up losing a good defense that or a team that a defense that turns into to a good one so i kind of look at three block segments and if I, I i thought green bay would would be a tough matchup because you know they can obviously put up points but uh this kind of just lucked out with uh, the covid situation there and i'm just gonna keep them in and ride with them as opposed to having to drop someone off my bench and pick up another defense. But um, yeah, I mean, if the matchup looks okay and you know, there's some uh, flux on players that are hurt and the quarterback play, then uh, yeah, I'll go, go, go for it. Yeah. It's, I'm not going to lie. I don't think I put too much stock into it, but it definitely is kind of a tiebreaker for me where if I look at two defenses who I could pick up, cause I'm, I'm, you know, I've always been a streaming defense kind of guy. I, I rarely like to pay up for a defense and stuff like that. But if I do see that one defense might have a similar matchup to another one, but that defense is going up against a team where, let's say, like I have my star wide receiver on it, or I have a tight end or a running back, 
my my instinct is to go against it just because I don't like the idea of scoring points and then losing points at the same time, trying to minimize mm-hmm. that to a certain extent. But it's so hard to predict and really so hard to really uh, guess at that. It's hard to think, put too much stock into it. But yeah, I mean, you've got the Arizona defense who's been insanely hot right now with like all the turnovers they're creating and stuff like this. And like Chandler Jones and that defense have just been like sack monsters the entire year. Uh, so yeah, you ride them while they're hot and especially against a team that's going to have no wide receivers. I mean, hard, hard to have a better uh, defense matchup than that. It's, uh, I mean, this, it, I, I'm, I'm, this is this part of my frustration because if, if going into this past week, I, if you told me that I would have the number two quarterback, the number two wide receiver, the number one tight end, uh, Cordell Patterson, who was in the number, I think he was the number eight running back at the time. Up 12 at least. Yeah. yeah. And the number one defense, I'd be like, ah, all right, sitting pretty, maybe maybe 500, maybe a couple wins above 500. I think I'd be happy with that going into the season, but that's just not the way it's turned out. So blow it up. Yeah, like this is, I don't know if you felt the same way. Like a couple weeks ago when I did the power rankings, like when I asked that question, like, you know, at Mahomes, Hill, and Reek are all like top three in their positions, but for some reason doesn't feel like that. Did like did, yep. did you have that same feeling, or was that maybe just me? No, it, it's exactly what I'm feeling because it's like I, I keep going back to the 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 totals and the top fives, and I'm just like they're they're there, and it's not like my supporting guys have been awful. James Connor, uh, Edmonds, uh, just kind of doing their thing, just getting getting points, providing a nice floor, so to speak. But I just haven't gotten a, a, a complete week from everybody, and that's what it feels like I need, and that's tough to ask for. James Conner, by the way, after doing my, uh, you know, draft research that I published last night, one of the best value picks at running back in our draft this year. So that was a, a good one on your end for that. Yeah, yeah, could be, uh, could be a keeper. Who knows? Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> uh, well, with that in mind, then let's uh, let's move it towards the end here. So we've got some parting shots uh, to do. Uh, Chris, who do you want to take some shots at? Is there anyone in the league that you want to talk smack to? What do you got? Uh, just, just kind of looking up, looking at the uh, the matchups coming up. I'm playing Taras this uh, this week, and I'm sure I'll hear something about uh, you know what uh, what my thoughts are on, on trades coming from him this week. And I've got I have no expectations for for my team. I'm I'm favored again, but that's obviously means means nothing. And it would just be really nice to kind of come away with a victory, just like not even really caring and kind of expecting to lose, but then just like the stars align and just uh, waffle stomp his team through the week. So that would be that'd be nice. And uh, um, look forward to seeing what happens. And then you versus Paul. And the most anticipated matchup, I would say, because I think Chafe is going to put up another 30 points and you're going to be right there with me kind of lamenting the uh, the trade. My, my only hope is that the Jets are so bad that and they're really, really bad against the ground that it's just going to be Joe Mixon who goes off and they're not going to bother <laughs> throwing a ton. That is my hope because they're just going to get ahead so quickly and they're not going to need to throw. Uh, that that is my hope, but uh, you're probably right. Yeah, and then I'm I'm looking forward to the matchup between John and Steve and the new look uh, Steve offense, and uh, I hope uh, my players do him well and puts up uh, 
a massive number and just uh, kicks the shit out of them. The, the fun thing there is that I feel like every week we can talk about the new look Steve offense. Like that's <laughs> that's like really really enjoyable. And again, big up Steve. Much love for you on the podcast. Um, I, th- I think he's going to settle into a team now because I think he likes uh, what's uh, what's going on there and that uh, he'll be able to kind of ride that into the playoffs. I hear you. I hear you. Well, I'm I'm pulling for you here. I'm ho- I'm pulling for like a. Have you are you familiar with the Ewing theory? No. So the Ewing theory is in basketball. Like there was one season where like Patrick Ewing went down for the. Uh, I think it, I think it was when he was with the Knicks. I don't know. I can't. Or maybe it was when he was college. I don't know. But then once Ewing went down, the rest of the team like pulled together to really like go on a run, and they played better without him in the lineup. So even though he was <laughs> a star there, so I'm hoping for a bit of Ewing theory here with your team here. That, that now that the stars have gone. Now that you've kind of moved on from some of those guys, you've got a, a, a ragtag group of uh, folks that'll maybe pull it together and scrap their way to the playoffs. I'm pulling for you, buddy. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. And if all else fails, let's just uh, blow it up after each week and uh, see who wants to trade. I love it. I love it. Well, speaking of next week, we're, we're going to be back here, same time, same place next week. Uh, only two people left in the league, not on the podcast yet. We got Andre and we got Tony still waiting for him. So, uh, you know, boys, you got to hit me up again. Tony, you got to write the ship. Get on the podcast. Andre, we need a debut appearance from you. You've already committed. I'm looking for you. Uh, But you know what? We're going to start having repeat guests soon. So I'm excited for that. And next week is week eight. uh, And I'm thinking halfway point of the season. I think it's time for a contenders and pretenders discussion. So I'm thinking next week we might have a couple guests on to talk through with me some contenders and pretenders. So I'm very excited for that. But until that time, everyone, until we get to that place, keep crying.